Welcome to the Mile High Flight Show, where a Jets fan and a Broncos fan get together to talk about the NFL and the world of sports. I'm your host, Ryan Marinholtz, and let's jump right into our NFL Week 1 show. So we got tons to talk about with you guys today, a ton of news going down, and then some uh, game recaps of what happened this week. So let's jump right into the news. First story here, Dawson Knox and the Bills agreed to a four-year, $53.6 million extension that ties him to Buffalo through 2026 and includes more than $31 million in guarantees. And yeah, I mean, a very solid contract for a very solid young player there uh, over in Buffalo with Josh Allen, getting a ton of targets, uh, only getting better every year. And uh, yeah, I mean, well-deserved for a great tight end in the league who's only going to get better. Rams right tackle Rob Havenstein agreed to a three-year extension worth $34.5 million and $24.1 guaranteed. And yeah, I mean, again, another solid deal uh, for a veteran who has been a decent presence on that right side, uh, been relatively healthy and just giving them what they need. And, uh, you know, in today's league, offensive linemen are one of the most important positions. And so as long as you can get those tackle spots taken care of uh, reliably, absolutely worth the money. And then Saints center Eric McCoy agrees to a five-year extension with the Saints worth up to $63.75 million and includes $40 million in guarantees. And another offensive lineman here, uh, your center, you know, the quarterback of the offensive line, if you want to say it that way. Um, and a very important piece, especially for a team that no longer has a veteran quarterback like Drew Brees, uh, a center and a smart center at that uh, that can call out the protections, uh, call out the mic and things like that, make the quarterback's life a little bit easier, uh, invaluable. So a great contract for him there. Then Titans extend safety Amani Hooker for three years with over $33 million, with $19.5 million guaranteed and $10 million as an upfront signing bonus. And yeah, a, a young safety here with that young uh, Titans back end there on their defense and uh, a piece they definitely wanted to lock down after bringing him, uh, bringing him over from the Colts there. Uh, and, you know, he didn't necessarily show everything that you would have wanted uh, from the Colts, and that's why he ended up going over to Tennessee. But he really has found himself uh, in Tennessee and has played well and uh, well-deserved. And kind of an interesting story here for you guys. Aaron Donald sent in a retirement letter to the Rams in May, which never ended up re uh, reaching the league office as sides continued to talk until a deal was struck on June 6th to keep one of the greatest defensive players of all time in the game. And you guys can go on NFL.com. Uh, Ian Rappaport, obviously one of the most well-known reporters uh, in the NFL sphere, um, did a whole story on it talking about the whole process of this. And so he sent this letter in in May and had the Rams sent that into the NFL prior to the June 1st deadline, there would have been a huge cap hit for them uh, in dead money with his contract. And had they waited until after June 1st, uh, that wouldn't have been as large. So they kind of had a little window of waiting where the Rams were like, okay, well, can we at least wait to send this in until June 1st, right? And, and Donald's camp is like, all right, cool, I don't care. And they had some conversations, and the conversations started going the right way, and they eventually got a deal done. And uh, as we saw on Thursday night, Aaron Donald, still Aaron Donald, and uh, very excited for another season out of, again, potentially one of the greatest, if not the greatest, defensive player of all time. 
And then Lamar Jackson and the Ravens unable to complete a contract extension before the season, and they will pick uh, pick talks back up after the season ends. Reportedly, the holdup is that Jackson is requesting a fully guaranteed deal in the vein of Deshaun Watson's, and to this point, the Ravens have been unwilling to indulge that request. And I mean, you can kind of see both perspectives here, right? You know, especially as a part-time Ravens fan, uh, full-time Lamar Jackson fan, do I think Lamar Jackson's worth a contract like that? Yes, because I'm biased. <laughs> but at the same time, from the uh, Ravens' perspective, you have not given the production yet that uh, some of these other contracts that just got, uh, or some of these other quarterbacks that just got contracts have. Talk about Russell Wilson, a Super Bowl winner, a veteran, and Lamar is asking for more than that. Granted, Deshaun Watson, um, you know, from Lamar's perspective, you look at Deshaun Watson, he has not won a Super Bowl. Um, he has had some playoff success more than Lamar has. Um, but at the end of the day, that contract with the Browns is an outlier because of the situation. Um, you know, if you follow coverage during that whole trade, the situation essentially was that Deshaun Watson was about to go to Atlanta. Uh, they were like all but writing a deal and the Browns snuck their way in there and essentially backed up the truck for Deshaun Watson and said, we'll give you whatever the fuck you want. Just come over here. You know what I mean? And he did. And so uh, Deshaun Watson took advantage of that, his camp, and they were able to secure a fully guaranteed $250 million contract, uh, which is completely unheard of and didn't even get done for uh, someone like Russell Wilson. So the league views that contract as an outlier, um, and the Ravens are just unwilling to commit to that kind of contract because they understand that and they understand that probably the next couple quarterback contracts won't be comparable to Deshaun Watson's still so we'll just have to see how that situation ends up going I think maybe if Lamar really shows out this year and gets some playoff success uh, then the Ravens would be more willing to kind of overpay a little bit at this time but I think in my opinion again my biased Lamar Jackson fan opinion I think it's worth it. And I think that if you surround him with the pieces, they just have not been healthy when they've been in the playoffs. Frankly, I think it's been more play calling than it has been uh, Lamar's fault that they haven't won, but that's a whole different conversation. But, you know, at this point, the uh, I do like the move from Lamar Jackson and his camp that they said they set a deadline, right, for that Friday before week one and said, if we don't get it done here, I don't want to think about it until the end of the season. He's focused on playing. He's focused on playing his best and obviously playing for a, a contract at this point. Um, but I love the move from him to say, I'm not going to try and uh, get this done during the season. Let's just play out the season. Let's see where it lands, and then we'll take it from there. Um, I think that's a great move. In our next story, Darren Waller signs a three-year, $51 million extension with the Raiders with $19.25 million guaranteed. Uh, and again, I mean, we talked about Dawson Knox, one of the, the better young tight ends in the league. Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the league, bar none. Um, and he got paid like it. And that's a totally deserved contract. I wish he wasn't with the Raiders. As, again, a part-time Raven fan, it always hurts my heart a little bit that he's not a Raven anymore. However, uh, during his journey, like going off of the Raiders and, uh, or I'm sorry, going off the Ravens and getting cut, was, uh, was part of that and was part of his recovery um, and getting him to the point he's at now uh, as a man. 
not only a football player. So very proud of Darren Waller and so excited for him to get that bag. And what a story. What a story. And then Jets offensive tackle Dwayne Brown put on IR for a shoulder injury, and he will miss at least the four, or first four games of the season. Really unfortunate here for Jets fans. Um, you know, we did talk about Zach Wilson missing uh, what is assumed to be at least the first four games of the season there. And so you're missing your quarterback and your franchise left tackle. Um, but in that sense, I suppose it's better than not having him there and uh, Zach Wilson potentially getting a, a worse injury without that solid left tackle presence. So hopefully they can come back together, be ready together, and then uh, the Jets can pick things back up. And then guard Quentin Nelson agrees to a four-year $80 million extension with $60 million in guarantees. Uh, one of, if not the single best offensive lineman in the entire league. Like, I don't think that's unfair to say. Um, and so, obviously, a very uh, deserved contract there. Glad he's there uh, with the Colts and uh, locked down for the long term and $60 million guaranteed. Wow. Good for him. Le'Veon Bell gets a knockout win against Adrian Peterson in their exhibition boxing match in the fifth round. If you guys haven't seen this, I beg you to go watch even just the knockout. You know, these kind of celebrity fights are, are they're fun. I mean, it's fun to see celebrities fight each other. It's not always like the most quality fighting, um, but it can result in some fun times and Le'Veon Bell able to take out Adrian Peterson there, both of them getting a nice payday and uh, having a little bit of fun. So that does it for our news stories today, and then we can run through some of the games of week one. Uh, obviously, our first one here, Jets versus Ravens, uh, the show being about the Jets, and then uh, me being a part-time Ravens fan. Um, so let's just jump right into that. The Jets and Ravens faced off in a nice week one matchup on Sunday, and the Jets defense did a good, a good job of staving off the Ravens offense. Uh, limiting Lamar to 213 yards passing and holding them to only 63 total rushing yards, as well as a pick from offseason addition DJ Reed, who also forced a fumble. The Ravens did end up outlasting the Jets to win on the back of Lamar's three passing touchdowns and two forced fumbles with one recovery and a Marcus Williams interception with a final score of 24-9. And yeah, I mean, good for the Ravens getting their first win of the, the season, but for the Jets, you know, Obviously, week one, you're hoping to start off on the right foot, especially we talk about this whole offseason, adding pieces, hoping Zach Wilson's going to get better. This, this is a tough way to start the season for Jets fans. But with that said, I think you guys showed a ton of good things. The run defense, most prominently, is what stuck out, uh, stuck out to me. The Ravens known for their running ability um, and completely shut them down. Like 63 total yards holding, uh, which obviously not the exact same offense, but two years ago or three years ago, they were the highest, uh, you know, rushing total offense in a season ever for the NFL. And so that's a good sign for that uh, Jets rushing defense to be able to hold them to 63 total rushing yards and force Lamar to pass the ball to some lackluster receiving options. And he was able to get 213 yards, but I mean, to hold them under 300 on both rushing and passing in the entire game, uh, that's very solid work from the defense. And, uh, you know, the offense, you saw some good things happen. I loved what I saw from Garrett Wilson, the rookie, uh, showing some flashes, especially out in the space. He's going to be a, a nice yard-after-catch sort of receiver. Uh, Corey Davis made some really nice catches as well. Um, you know, 
Brees Hall looked really good. Bryce Hall looked really good. Um, Sauce Gardner on the defensive side made some plays. DJ Reed looking like a fantastic addition, uh, talking about that pick and the fumble that he forced, and then some really nice uh, coverage plays as well. And another note on that DJ Reed uh, interception, unfortunately, he dedicated it to his father who passed away uh, just before the game there on Sunday. And, uh, you know, obviously our condolences go out to him and his family and what a special moment for him and showing a lot of strength and resolve to still come out and uh, play with his teammates there in week one after suffering such a loss. So uh, our hearts go out to him and uh, some great plays made and we're excited to see the rest of his Jets career. Uh, so really exciting things from the Jets defense there, and I'm really excited to uh, see what happens when you guys get Zach Wilson back and um, can uh, get things going on that offensive side, especially with all these new pieces he added. So some other game shoutouts here. We're not going to go through every game, but at least some uh, storylines that we wanted to talk about. So the first one here, Browns versus Panthers. The Browns beat the Panthers 26-24 on a last-second game-winning 58-yard field goal by the rookie Cade York and Kareem Hunt scoring both a rushing and receiving touchdown. And then the Panthers, they really had every opportunity to win but couldn't get it done. Uh, you know, you talk about Baker Mayfield with three fumbles, uh, really struggled. And But at the same time, you saw the upside. You saw the defense uh, doing their thing, uh, and you saw the pieces on offense. If they can get everything running, if Baker isn't uh, giving, the way, uh, giving the game away, which unfortunately he did uh, there on Sunday, you know, it's very possible for them to win. And then our next game here, in the first game of the season on Thursday, Bills versus Rams. The Bills put up a dominating performance against the defending Super Bowl champions on the back of Josh Allen's three passing and one rushing touchdown, and Matthew Stafford having a rough outing throwing three picks and the rushing offense being held to just 52 total yards. Vaughn Miller was also lights out in his new threads over there with the Bills, recording three tackles for loss and two sacks to start the season. So good for my boy. I obviously still wish he was in Denver, um, but at the same time, I'm so glad to see him uh, doing his thing, looking like vintage Vaughn Miller uh, against what's now his old team in the Rams. Um, so that was a really fun game to watch from the Bills' perspective, and uh, the Rams obviously got some work to do. Um, you know, we talked about Matthew Stafford and the elbow injury. Very clearly, he's not fully recovered from that yet. Um, that was kind of the indication that they were trying to give, uh, but watching him out there, you can tell he's just not there yet. Um, and so, you know, I think obviously that's going to improve throughout the season, and we'll have to see. And then another note that I wanted to pull from this game in terms of the Broncos is that the Rams do something very similar in the preseason where they don't play their starters at all. Um, and their starters did not look like they had the same physicality and the same uh, juice that the Bills did coming out early there. Obviously, the Bills playing their starters uh, quite a bit. Uh, they played almost a full half against the Broncos in the second preseason game there. Um, and so it, it, it does kind of shine through maybe some of the difference between those philosophies. And I'll be very interested to see if the Broncos look similar um, or if this was just more of a case of the Bills wanting it more, uh, which I do think is possible. You talk about the way that their season ended last year. I think they're on an absolute war path. Uh, they have a vendetta, and they want to get to that Super Bowl so bad. Um, so I do think that that could be part of it, but just something I noticed and something I will be very interested to uh, 
to see what the Broncos look like as well come Monday. And then our last game here that we're going to shout out, the Vikings versus the Packers. Uh, a very, very interesting one here. The Vikings win 23-7 to in a stunning upset of the Packers, with Green Bay's lack of receivers having a spotlight shown on it, with Rodgers' top four receivers in the game being tight ends or running backs. And the Vikings' defense had a great day picking off Rodgers, forcing a sack fumble, and holding the running game to only 94 yards. And, you know... On top of that, you talk about the Vikings offense going on all cylinders. Uh, Justin Jefferson had a fantastic day. Um, you know, I saw a stat. He had 11 targets, and his average uh, amount of separation was four yards. That's He's giving Kirk Cousins college-level throws. He's that good. Like, Justin Jefferson is just absurd. Um, and, I, you know, I'll be very interested to see how he continues to grow in his career because it's like he was already breaking records as he came out uh, in his first year there and only getting better. So, and then before we call it today, uh, obviously recording this on Monday the 12th, the day of the Broncos game against the Seahawks at 6.25 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, could not be more excited to watch that, see Russell Wilson's debut back in Seattle um, his old stomping grounds. So very excited to uh, see how that turns out, and we'll be sure to make a bite show uh, after that game ends and uh, recapping it there. So that is going to do it for us today. Of course, check us out on social media at Mile High Flight Show on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, and at MHFS Podcast for both Twitter and our merch on Redbubble. Thank you so much to everyone that listens. This has been the Mile High Flight Show, and we'll see you guys next week.